VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the city of angels. Ugh, angels. Ugh. Ugh. Win one game in a seven-game homestand and nearly get no hit. Outside of that, Mrs. Lincoln, how is the show? At least the Dodgers are winning. NFL Draft Week is upon us. Sam Darnold. Possibly the number one overall pick. Uh, I've had him on my show. Uh, I thought he was he was fantastic on uh, Dan Patrick earlier today. Dan put his mom on. Was the next one's pretty cool. Uh, obviously, I can't play topper and go like, all right, let's put your dad on, right? Sam will join us. Um, when's he gonna join us? In fifteen minutes. Um, unfortunately, his grandpa is no longer with us. His grandpa's. Name was Dick Hammer. I cannot make that up. He was one of the Marlboro men, and he was a great athlete in his own right. And uh, I just, as many times as I can say that a, a real man's name was Dick Hammer, 
and not lose my train of thought just shows that I'm a radio professional now. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. So Sam Darnold's going to join us in 15 minutes. we got other guests like Jim Jackson. Chris Spielman's going to join us. Greg Cosell's going to join us. Man, do we have a great show. Um, you heard, if you're listening to our update with Dan Beyer, hey, turns out Tom Brady does want to still play quarterback. Uh, so, look, they have two first-round picks. Do they want to move up for a quarterback, or do they just want to load up on players as they've lost many and get guys under club control late in the first or get to the second with them? What happens with Josh Allen? What happens with Josh Rosen? What happens with Baker Mayfield? Uh, we'll talk about all of them. Feels like the Arizona Cardinals need a succession plan, doesn't it? So, and of course, then there's the Bills, the Giants. Will the Bills trade up to get the Giants pick? Will they trade up to get somebody else's pick? Will the Jets get who they want, or they will just have to get um, not even second helpings, third helpings from whatever's left as they made this bizarre trade to the third spot? A lot of NFL to get to. Let's start, though, in the NBA. Because I do think this was a great NBA weekend. It was really good. It was really good. I pulled off a good one this weekend, guys. You, you, you can appreciate this. So, my kids' late spring break, and we didn't do anything. I'm like, mm, we spend enough where we live. We live in a nice area. We're going to go to a nice area. Like, nah, we're not doing that. So, my wife took one of my daughters to see some, uh, some of our older friends, like an hour from where we live. So, I had the other two play with my dude, and then dropped him in a play date. Like, you know, just all boys. Uh, he came home with no bruises, no scratches. He's fine. And then one of my daughters had a couple friends over, so I did have to monitor the pool situation. But outside of that, I got to watch a lot of hoop. Did not get the afternoon couch nap that I wanted. So it wasn't utter and sheer perfection, but it was pretty damn close. I got some thoughts for you on the Thunder I'll share. But... I saw the Cleveland Cavaliers survive the Indiana Pacers. And I thought that Tyron Lue did a magnificent job. I thought LeBron James paced himself. Yeah, pace yourself. Right, this is kind of classic salad bar 101. Right? All you can eat. You got to pace yourself. I didn't pace myself on uh, Saturday night. Saturday night, uh, one of my other daughter, she had a sleepover, so we had two at home. 12 and 9 is the split between the girls and the boy. We paid the 12-year-old to babysit the 9-year-old, and she did, in fact, babysit, like play games with him, whatever. So we went to a new place down the street, and they had duck wings for appetizers. And I was like, look, I don't even want wings or duck wings, but I got to try it, right? I didn't pace myself. I was eating the charcuterie. I was having drinks. I was telling jokes, and I was eating duck wings. And then the meal came, and I was full. I was tapped out. You got to pace yourself. LeBron James paced himself. Yesterday, don't believe me? Listen to Bron. You know, I had every intentions on trying to get a couple minutes in the first and, and a few more minutes in the third, but it just didn't work out that way. But, you know, just trying to save pockets of energy throughout, especially the second half when I know it's going to be a possession game. Uh, both teams are, you know, playing equal basketball. Both teams are playing very well defensively. So, you know, just trying to save pockets of energy when I know, you know, I'm going to be needed offensively, you know, to kind of make a play not only for myself, but, but for my teammates. Yes, um, and and he was clearly gassed and conserving energy and not doing much at either end for good. But the it's the and this is the same reason you play a Kyle Corver who made some big shots for them. It's the same reason you play a Kyle Corver though is just the threat of LeBron is is reason enough to have him on the floor because you're like well he's not playing hard right now but he might 
Cal Corver's not making threes right now, but he might. So I understand why they kept him out there and they, they basically actively rested him. But I, I feel like this is I feel like this is like an unsustainable business model. You know? It's like it's like those bad loans we had before the two thousand eight, you know, crisis or whatever. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like somebody making thirty grand should be in a house that's five hundred thousand dollars. That feels unsustainable, doesn't it? And we all know people that live you know, live above their means, but I just don't know if this is sustainable. I don't think it's sustainable for LeBron James to uh, take breaks while playing. I mean, this is not a, it's not even a, a classically great. It's a, the Pacers are what the trailblazers were last year. Right? At what the Oklahoma city thunder were last year. It's all the same. You lose a star, you know, in the case of the Trailblazers, LaMarcus Aldridge signed with the San Antonio Spurs. The case of the Thunder, Kevin Durant signed with the Golden State Warriors. The case of the Pacers, Paul George traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And so the thought is like, oh, it is over. We need to suck. And they don't suck. And they're just pretty good. Surprisingly pretty good. And we we get so, we're so into the team that's left behind, right? It's it's a lot like the reason the the chick that gets picked to be the next bachelorette is almost always the one that gets left at the altar. You can't pick the smoke show that got cut week two or three that really would be a better one. Instead, we need somebody that America falls in love with. So even though we didn't love her the whole time, she was one of the last two. She didn't get the final rose. She becomes the next bachelorette, right? That's all the case of the, the Portland Trailblazers to last year, the Thunder last year, the Pacers this year. Pacers have overachieved because, well, we assume they'd be better with Paul George when the truth is that they got two starters or a starter and a half for one who didn't want to be there. And they, you know, then they also added, you know, Bogdanovich, who, how about his game, game three? I know game four is what we're reacting to. Look, I think that the Pacers lost the series by losing that game last night. And it was this close. There was a, a foul called on Oladipo at the end of the first half that LeBron getting two free throws, and it was a horrendous call. LeBron James got a timeout when he didn't even have possession of the basketball late in the game. He had the ball, he, he lost it, and he was laying on it, and the Pacers tied it up, and they gave him a timeout. And then, of course, there was the really bizarre, looked like a jump ball, could have been a technical foul on on Jeff Green, to which they got the pay, the Cavs got two free throws, not the Pacers. Like there was, and there was a missed dunk from Victor Oladipo in a breakaway. Two or three of those things break in the Pacers' fashion, they win the game, but they didn't. And when you lose at home, and you you got you got your you got your foot on the neck of um of the better team and you let it off, we know how this ends. This ends with the Cavs winning the series either in six or in seven, right? Like, I don't think anybody believes otherwise. You lose track of Kyle Corvey, hits a corner three, then he comes off a little pin down, hits another one, then everybody pays attention to Kyle Corver and LeBron James goes and lays the ball in. Like, those things happen and it's, it's over. It is over. But this is an unsustainable business model. 
This is, remember, 0% financing for cars? 0%. They did the 0% after 9-11, right? But it's it, like just at some point becomes unsustainable. Now they'll, do, they'll still like do like 0.9% or 1.9%, but 0% becomes a little bit unsustainable. That's what it is with Cleveland. I don't think the Pacers get them. I don't know if the Raptors get them. But between the Pacers, the Raptors, and then probably the Philadelphia 76ers, and then even if they get there to take on the Warriors or maybe the Rockets, it seems unsustainable. There's just things that you can go like, yeah, I don't, that's not a good long-term play. Not a good long-term play. And so I, I commend the Cavs' ability to find a way to win. I commend LeBron's ability to stay on the court and kind of actively rest and hide. Be like, you don't know. He's playing possum. Some point he's going to. But at some point, he's going to go to that well, and there isn't going to be any gas. At some point, we know that somebody's going to figure out, like, hey, Pacers, why don't you figure out that Kyle Korver can't guard anybody and run something so that he's the one guarding the basketball at the end of the shot clock? instead of going at the best defenders from the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Pacers won't figure it out. The Raptors might. The Sixers, I don't know if they have the maturity to close out a team like the Cavs, but this isn't sustainable. Doesn't feel sustainable. The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, ba, da, bum, 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 bum. Does Sam Donald have a draft promise? Does he know where he's going? And maybe more than anything, I've often wondered. Everyone always says, I've always dreamed of this day, being drafted in the NFL draft. Has he? Right? Has he? That feels like a media thing. Because most kids start playing and they dream of other stuff. We're going to find out the hopes and dreams of one schmoyle Donald, Shmoyle is Hebrew for Samuel. So glad you both like that. That's upcoming next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Ah, we're broadcasting live from uh, picturesque Los Angeles, California. Sunny, warm. Fantastic. Good beach day. Good beach weather. Sam Donald, uh, I know, uh, probably rather be here. He left us for the East Coast. He's getting ready for the NFL draft. He grew up in sunny San Clemente, went to school in South Central, and now he's uh, he's in New York City. How is the weather in the big city, Sam? Okay, so take me back. Your first, first when did you first start playing tackle football? Um, I first started playing uh, tackle football in third grade, so when I was like nine or or something like that. Always quarterback? I started out playing quarterback. Yeah, I played. I know that I, I was kind of off and on. I played for a few years. Um, played for a few years, and then I ended up switching to a tight end when I changed leagues because I wasn't going to make weight in uh, Pop Warner, so I changed leagues and um, ended up playing tight end because the other team already had a quarterback. So um, played tight end and linebacker there, which was fun. Was it your head was too heavy, or were you a fat kid? What what was going on there? Yeah, I was chunky. I was a I was a chunky kid at the time, and um, but I leaned out. I had to make weight for that as well, and 
um, you know, that, that was actually, I'm not joking anymore. It was, it was an awesome, uh, awesome experience for me because it really showed me, um, how to work really, really hard. I've, I've never worked that hard in my life. And that kind of showed me what it was like to push your body to, to the limit, um, and really eat healthy. And, you know, it just kind of showed me what I'm capable of. And, uh, so that was a that was a really good year. It, I learned a lot of good lessons that year. See, I I grew up playing uh, in Orange in Junior All American. Played one year Pop Warner, but I know there were kids obviously at the top that they have that that weight thing. So you're what is this like fifth, sixth, seventh grade? You're trying to make weight. What what grade was this? That was uh, seventh grade. So third through sixth grade, I was in Pop Warner, yep. and then seventh grade I switched over to Junior All American, and then eighth grade because I had lost all that weight, I had. Um, I had switched back over to Pop Warner, which was awesome. So, what what did you cut out of your like I, se- seventh grade dieting? Like, what did you what did you do dramatically to change your diet? I just ate salads every day. Um, I didn't, you know, I had protein every now and then, you know, chicken, but it was mainly just eating salad and losing weight and trimming the fat that I needed to trim to to make weight. Um, and our coach pushed us really hard. Our conditioning was always, you know, that was the hardest year of conditioning that I ever had on a football team was that year. And that combined with eating healthy, it, it showed me what my body was capable of, even at that young of an age. It's pretty cool. Sam Donald joining us, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, so your mom, who I, I saw, I was watching, uh, I, I was I was told to watch Fox and Friends Day because he presented her with this uh, K Jewelers diamond, which yeah. is pretty spectacular. Yep. Uh, your your mom is cooking for you this whole time? Like, is that... And, and, so, so what, what's your favorite meal that your mom makes for you? Yeah, well, first of all, I should say that it, it's been awesome uh, being with K Jewelers this whole time. Um, you know, with my, presenting my mom that gift was something that, you know, I've never done before. I've never done anything like that, and it was really special for me um, because I, I never really get an opportunity to tell her how much I love her and because it can't really, <clears throat> can't really be expressed in words. Um, so it's awesome to be able to give that gift to her. It's a great gift because Mother's Day is just a couple weeks away, and then um, she's able to wear it, you know, for the draft. So it was just, you know, it was a great gift, and it'd be a great gift for anyone to give to their mom. Um, all you have to do is go to k.com and go to a K Jeweler store, um, and it's really easy. Um, you just got to pick out what, what necklace or what, uh, you know, piece of jewelry that you really want to give your mom and uh, to show her how much you really love her and, um, when I presented that to her on Fox and Friends, it was it was an amazing experience and something I'll never forget. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. Okay, so third grade, you're on what the San Clemente Triton? Were you guys the Tritons? You guys the NFL team name? What was it when you were in third grade? Tritons. All right, so you're you're Triton Triton's. in third grade. You ever think you'd yep. maybe be the number one pick of the NFL draft? Like when everyone always says like this is what I've always dreamed of, but when did when did that that I mean. When you first started playing, was this ever the thought? Was SC always the thought? Like, what was it growing up uh, in terms of your thoughts, your honest hopes and dreams of playing football? Um, you know, I always, I always thought, you know, and I always wanted to be a professional, but uh, I really thought I was going to be uh, that young. I thought I was going to be a professional baseball player. Um, and then once I got older, kind of into middle school, um, I, I thought I wanted to be a professional basketball player. So I never actually thought that I wanted to be a professional football player. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting how life kind of works out like that. And um, throughout high school, I had an, an amazing opportunity to, um, because 
there were great players that came before me at San Clemente High School. Um, my freshman year, there was a guy named Kyle Murphy. He's still playing for the Packers right now, and he played at Stanford. Um, he got a bunch of looks, and uh, I ended up getting some eyeballs on me when I was playing linebacker and receiver. And, you know, that that's kind of when recruiting started for me. And then, you know, that next year, my sophomore year, after I played quarterback for a couple games, uh, Utah offered me a scholarship, and that's when it really just took off. And, um, you know, it's, it's been an awesome life so far. And But, again, when I was that little, um, I wasn't training to be a quarterback. You know, it was I was just trying to, you know, play the sports that I wanted to play. Um, my parents were very easygoing, just wanted me to be happy and uh, do the things that I wanted to do. Um, and so, well, not everything I wanted to do, but uh, they would – they would set boundaries, but no, I, I was able to play the sports I wanted to play and have fun doing it. So it was an amazing life growing up. What wouldn't they let you do? Um, I mean, me and my sister, we, we wrestled a lot growing up. And so for a while she was bigger than me and she would easily be able to take me down. And then once I started maturing, get a little bit older and, you know, I, I got a little bit bigger than her and, you know, sometimes I would take it to the next level and, my parents had to had to call it quits on the wrestling around the house. So um, I thought it was like skim, but, uh, I thought it was like skimboarding or something, or like you wanted to go like some yeah, extreme I mean, like mountain bo- bo- uh, biking, or do you want to do uh, you want to do something in the mountains? And like no, 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 you can't be doing that. You're gonna yeah, yeah. So when I was young, I actually really loved uh, skateboarding. Uh, I loved bodyboarding. I loved you know uh, we actually made a little dirt little dirt jump uh, that we jumped off of our bikes with. Um, and they, you know, they set boundaries for us there, but it didn't stop us all the time, but they definitely, you know, they came outside and told us when to go home and when to call it quits. Um, but yeah, for the most part, uh, they let, they let me kind of do what I wanted to in terms of playing sports. Sam Donald joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Uh, the only knock people can seem to find on how you played this year was the, was the turnovers. When, when teams ask you about it, what do you say? Um, well, first of all, I think it's a really fair assumption, uh, not assumption, but it's a fact, uh, that I turned the ball over this, this last year and that, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I've really been working on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's totally fair. And I get where people are coming from because the tape doesn't lie, especially with the turnovers. So, um, but what I, what I say is there's a lot of instances where, you know, I take my hand off the left, my left hand off the ball, and I throw a first down. You know, big third down conversion, or I throw a touchdown. So there's kind of a risk and reward there. But you know, the number one priority of a quarterback is protecting the football, and I think um, I've I've really kind of honed in on that this off season, um, and I'm really looking forward to you know kind of playing my or uh, playing the game that. Uh, I now know how to play with, you know, keeping two hands on the ball at all times. Sam Donald joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Okay, so uh, we don't know where you're going. Do you, don't, you don't know where you're going yet, do you? No. No, I don't. I mean, you, honestly, you have no idea, like zero idea, or you kind of know, but you don't want to say? No, I have no idea. Okay. Um, yeah, honestly. Okay, so are you are you planning on, like, mom moving out with you or you getting a chef or your boys come with like what's what's the plan uh said team one of the top couple teams takes you do you have a plan for how you're going to move from southern california to wherever um it's just gonna be myself right now um it's just gonna be myself and you know whoever 
whoever's out there, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make friends with my teammates, uh, hang out with the coaches a lot. I'm going to spend a lot of time at the facility. I know that for a fact. Um, and I'm going to have a good place to stay, probably a nice little apartment wherever I go. So that's the plan right now. And then, you know, based on how I play my first few years, then my, you know, parents might move out or, you know, a buddy or two, I don't know, but, um, I think that's that's kind of the plan moving forward is to see how well I play because that really dictates everything. All right, so your sister's coming in from Rhode Island. Your mom and dad are there. Uh, we talked about this before, but there were some decisions to be made. Who who all is in the crew? Who got invited to the to the green room? Um, well, as you might know, uh, we got a lot of tickets this year for the green room and then for the stands. Yep. Um, so there's 14 people um, in the green room with me. Uh, it's pretty much it's all family. Um, and then, you know, some of my college coaches, um, Jordan's going to be there, Palmer, and, uh, you know, Ryan Flaherty, the guys who have trained me. And then, you know, a couple of my best buddies from high school who? are going to be there as well. Who? And then Give them a shout-out. Who? Just some, uh, so in the green room, we got Dean Light. Uh, he's my, you know, one of my best friends from high school. And then one of my other best friends, uh, Jake Russell, who actually walked on at USC. Yep. Um, and, he, you know, he's been my roommate at SC for – um, for the past three years, um, or really four years, if you include summer. So, um, so it was, you know, th- those two are the two guys, um, really my best friends who are going to join me in the uh, green room, which will be fun. Anybody going to be bitter that they didn't get the invite? No, no, I think <laughs> they understand. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if they are, they'll, you know, they'll talk, they'll talk about it with me and we won't have a problem after that. Uh, when when you when you close your eyes, who do you see yourself being drafted by? <laughs> Whoever wants to pick me, you know. It's uh, I don't, you know. That's not for me to decide. I'm not going to worry about that. Uh, I know whoever picks me, it's gonna, it's going to be the right spot. So um, I'm just I'm I'm really looking forward to it, uh, and just really I really want to be a part of the team that wants me the most, and I think that team will pick me. So. Um, I'm really excited for it. You know, I mean, like, think about it, dude. If you go back uh, to just like two seasons ago, right? First couple games, you're you're a backup, and now you have a chance. There's look, I don't. No one knows. You could be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Has that has that hit you yet? Has I mean, all candor, has it hit you? I could be the first player taken in the entire NFL draft. It's pretty crazy. Uh, <laughs> I haven't thought, I mean, I've thought a lot about it, obviously, because I've had a lot of time to, um, but it's just, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's a really a dream come true, but, you know, I'm not naive to the fact that, you know, I'm going to have to work twice as hard once I get to the place I go to, um, because getting drafted is really just the start of, you know, a new chapter and um, playing for, you know, a new club, playing as a professional, so, um I'm aware of that, and I'm really excited for it. Uh, I can't wait. Well, listen, man, I'm excited for you and for your family. Really cool the stuff you're doing with with K Jewelers. Our thanks to them for uh, allowing us to have you on. Really enjoy Thursday, and uh, we'll find out where you're going like the rest of the world, and we appreciate you always being our guest. All right. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate it. Sam Donald uh, from USC, from the other SC as well, San Clemente, and we can't wait to find out where he goes. He's been good to me personally and good to my show, whether it's here or my previous spot. Speaking of the NFL Draft, for the best NFL Draft coverage you can get anywhere, tune in to Fox Sports Radio Thursday night. Jay Glazer, Joe Klatt, Chris Spielman, and Kirk Menefee 
will broadcast live from the site of the draft within AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, throughout the entire first round. Jay Glazer, uh, the last three years, has correctly predicted every single first-round pick. That's not really predicting. He actually just knows, right? Like prediction, he's like, because mm, he knows everybody. Like he either works out with them, drinks protein shakes with them, or beat up somebody that worked out with them in when they're doing MMA and drank protein shakes with them. Anyway, uh, can he do it again this year? 30 for, 32 for 32. You got to listen live this Thursday night on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app beginning at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, to hear the very best NFL draft coverage on radio uh, for the entirety of the first round. Let's get to Dan Byer, find out what else is going on. Dan? Doug, I can tell you this. Bovado list Sam Darnold is an 8-5, to five, or excuse me, a 5-12 to 12 favorite to be the first overall pick in the draft on Thursday. Josh Allen of Wyoming right now with the second best odds at 8-5. to five. More news from the NFL. The agent for Patriots quarterback Tom Brady expects his client to play in 2018. Don Yee telling ESPN not only does he think Brady will play in 2018, he still believes Brady will stand by the quarterback's desire to play into his mid-40s. The Saints declined to match the offer sheet. Wide receiver Willie Sneed signed with the Ravens, so he goes to Baltimore on a two-year contract. Frisco, Texas police confirmed they are investigating allegations made against Cowboys defensive end David Irving, including possible charges of assault, causing bodily injury and unlawful restraint. That is, no arrests have been made in the case. While 49ers general manager John Lynch... Is that with a guy or a girl? Girlfriend. Reported girlfriend right now. 49ers GM John Lynch told reporters if the charges against 49ers linebacker Ruben Foster are true, that he won't be a part of the organization. Foster faces three felony charges, including domestic violence, and is due in court again on April 30th. White Sox pitcher Danny Farquhar will remain hospitalized for the next three weeks following his brain hemorrhage suffered Friday night. And tonight, yeah, a very, very scary uh, incident on Friday. Tonight in the NBA, Rockets at Timberwolves, Game 4, 8 Eastern, Thunder and Jazz, 1030 Eastern time from Salt Lake City. It's all yours. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. This tax season, your refund goes further to AutoZone. Thanks to the free loan tool program, you can choose from over 100 specialty tools to help you get the job done right. So stop in today, get in the zone, AutoZone. Um, over the weekend, there was the uh, Pat's, Ru- Pat's Run. You guys know what Pat's Run is? The Pat Tillman Foundation, right? And it's, it's interesting. Uh, I thought there's there are very few stories. They're not on the, there's. There are stories like this to which I'm like, you know what? I'm just not as good a person as you are. Right? That's like it's one of those things where you hear. Uh, I'm going to be a keynote speaker at something called the IBO Awards, which they give awards to two athletes who do things in the community, and they're always just unbelievable recipients. And I, when I walk away from that feeling like, man, I'm just not worthy of any sort of praise in comparison to what this person does. I think Pat Tillman is somebody that, to me, um. Is is like that? Did you guys hear this Waffle House story? Do you know anything about? It? There's a a guy, and they just, by the way, they just found uh, apparently just have taken into custody the apparent shooter from the waffle from the Waffle House. But they there's a a guy who saved countless lives going after a guy who had an AR-15. And like, look, I know this is not a sports story; it doesn't have to be a story sports story. It's just amazing. Amazing. The uh, I'm not going to say the shooter's name because that person deserves absolutely no uh, no fanfare at all. Uh, on the other hand, the guy who does deserve the praise is a guy named James Shaw. And 
Like James Shaw's in this Waffle House. Guy walks in, tries to open fire, and he attacks and disarms the guy with an AR-15. I was like, look, I'm just not as good a person as you are. I mean, I'd like to, everybody would like to think in that, in that instance, I'd like to think that I would, I could do that, you know, the fight or flight. And that's honestly what James Shaw has, has said, but man, that's special stuff that what, what he's made of. It's like Pat Tillman or, and like, look, it's not life or death. It's very different. I would like to think that I could be as down to earth as Sam Darnold appears to be like, man, I would love to, but if I was, I was 20, I remember how I was when I was 20. If somebody was said, Hey, you're gonna be the first draft pick of the NFL draft. Like I might've said all the right things. I'm not sure I would have done all the right things. Matter of fact, I know I wouldn't have done all the right things. Pretty amazing. Um, look, I, I don't love, some of what Russell Westbrook's doing. Don't love it. I don't love that he may have in, he may have intentionally uh, not shot the football, not shot the not shot the basketball. Sorry, I just got a call from a pretty big name football coach who apparently doesn't listen to the show. Um. Anyway, uh, I I might have um, I might not like that stuff, but I I do think that a good bit of trash talk is always welcome. Like, we get into this chippiness of a series, and there's different kinds of chippiness, right? The The Miami thing with Philadelphia was, Miami, I think they knew. They knew we can't beat them. And so, let's try and start a fight. See what we can do. I think, all honest, all, all honesty, that's a little bit of what Lance is trying to do. Lance is trying to flop and trying to get in people's faces and get in their heads. But I think some of it is just, hey, look, I'm playing the numbers and this guy's hitting shots. Take a listen to what Russell Westbrook said about Ricky Rubio. Rubio mm-hmm. has has outplayed him to date, outplayed him in game three. Take a listen to Russell Westbrook. He made some shots, uh, you know, too comfortable. Uh, but I'm going to shut that off next game, though. Guarantee that. I like that. I like that. He made some shots. He got too comfortable. I'm going to shut that down. I guarantee that. I've never been somebody who's not, who's, who's offended when a guy guarantees a win. Do you have, he didn't, and he didn't guarantee a win. He just guaranteed shut, shutting down Rubio. Uh, which, by the way, it should be pointed out, sometimes you want, there are times in the past you want Ricky, Oda, Ricky Rubio to shoot the ball. Right? Like Thaddeus Young one time was wide open in the corner and Mark Jackson was like, man, Bogdanovich should have passed it to Thaddeus Young in the corner. Like, no, he shouldn't have. I'd take Bogdanovich shooting a contested two over Thaddeus Young shooting a wide open three. He's open for a reason. So some of it, Ricky Rubio, you want him to be open. You just don't want him to be so comfortable he can line up and measure up and knock in a three. You got to make him a little bit uncomfortable, and then the numbers will play out as such. But I think there's different sorts of trash talk, and you just, it's, it's like the age-old definition of pornography, you know, and you see it. Like, there's some kind of trash talk that's healthy and that's good. There's some kind of trash talk that's not. I have no problem with that. He made some shots. He got too comfortable. I'm shutting that down. I'm not a huge fan of Westbrook saying, hey, if you guys think I shoot too much, fine. Somebody else shoot. Go ahead. Remember, he didn't take any shots in the fourth quarter. None. 
And this is a guy that can get his own shot whenever he wants it. On the other hand, this is Westbrook being Kobe Bryant. I'd be like, man, I haven't seen anybody doing that since Kobe. Who did Russell Westbrook grow up idolizing? Ask him. His idol is not Magic Johnson. His idol is not Kareem. His idol is not Michael Jordan. His idol is not LeBron James. His idol is Kobe Bryant. He pulled a Kobe Bryant the other day, and now just like Kobe, he wants he wants to be the toughest, baddest. He wants to be respected, not liked. But but he is working the way of Kobe in that he makes himself increasingly hard to attract other players to play with him. The Greek freak couldn't get a seat at a table last night in Milwaukee. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? We'll discuss next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Greg Cosell, Chris Spielman, Jim Jackson, still to come on the Doug Gottlieb Show. If you missed our Sam Darnold interview, download the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Share it with a friend. Don't forget to subscribe. Download, download, subscribe, and rate it. Download, subscribe, rate it. This is Game Time. It's Game Time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Dan Beyer, what do you have? The game today, Doug, is Big Deal, Little Deal, No Deal. All right, let's keep it the Sam Darnold theme. Big deal, little deal, or no deal that Darnold is now Bavada's favorite to be the first overall pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. I, I mean, I think that's a little deal. Do, do, does anybody actually bet on this stuff? I actually run a, a draft pool <laughs> with, like, five or six buddies. Seriously? Yes. Really? And you get a point. You get... How, if you want me to explain it, I can. Otherwise, you know, for time, we could just leave it as I run a draft pool. Buyer. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's a very big deal. I mean, I, I look, I still think it's it's the I think it makes sense for either he or Josh Allen to go one considering John Dorsey wants to redshirt a guy. Um, Sam talked about it. like he's OK sitting. He understands he's only 20 years old. He hadn't played a ton of football and Josh Allen clearly needs to. Donald's the smart choice, a little bit safer choice because he's higher rated. Josh Allen is a much more risky choice. He may have the best arm talent of anyone in the draft, and they already have Tyrod Taylor. So, and and last year, if you look at what Dorsey and he did when he was in Kansas City with the rest of that crew, they took the guy with the best arm talent, but they also took the guy who was rated higher than some others. So, um. I think it should be Darnold, but it's the Browns, so you never know. Doug, there are so many great miscellaneous prop bets as well. Like, it's even money right now with the top three picks all be quarterbacks. That's uh, even money that you could get. So, yeah, a lot a lot of action on the NFL draft. Uh, big deal, little deal, or no deal that the agent for Patriots quarterback Tom Brady expects his client to play in 2018. I actually think it's a big deal. That That's... 
anyone who says that Tom Brady's not playing or some sort of power play with Bill Belichick, I just think he doesn't want to go to OTAs. I think he's fighting the fight at home more than anything else. How about this? Big deal, little deal, or no deal that the Patriots reportedly hosted Louisville quarterback Lamar Jackson as one of their top 30 visits, according to the NFL Network. Uh, that feels like a, 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 a substantial deal at this point in time, right? They're drafting at the end of the first round. Would they trade up? It, and to anyone who says, hey, look, uh, Doug, you're down on Lamar Jackson. Like, no, I'm not. I just realized that he, to this point, is way behind the others in terms of football acumen. But he has something that no one else in the draft, he has the type of athleticism nobody else has. He also has that kind of Mike Vick. And I think, look, if you're Belichick, you sit there and go, what if I could get Mike Vick without, before the baggage came in, and I didn't have to play him for a year or two, and I put him with Josh McDaniels? Like, what if, I think that'd be fascinating. Big deal, little deal, or no deal, Doug, that Hawks head coach Mike Budenholzer is interviewing with other or four other jobs while still the head coach in Atlanta. That is the weirdest deal ever, right? That's the weirdest deal ever. That's like, look, we're still married, but I'm going to go on dates to see how it goes. But they're not dates, they're just dinners. Do you make out at the end of them? Sure, but I'm still married to you. <laughs> yeah, that's a big deal. I'm coming home after this date. Uh, <laughs> finally, Doug, big deal, little deal, or no deal that Bucks forward Giannis Antetokounmpo wasn't seated immediately by a Milwaukee restaurant just a couple of hours after a Game 4 win over the Boston Celtics yesterday. This Here's the big deal. Okay, here's the big deal. I like that in Milwaukee. Like, look, we already had, it was a Mexican place. We're already full up. That no one was like, they didn't kick anybody out. But... How does somebody in the restaurant not go like, Giannis, come on over, pull up a chair, sit with us. That's the, I, I am stunned. That's my birth city. I love Milwaukee. I am stunned that somebody didn't just go. And I don't know how deep the crew he was rolling with. It didn't look like it was a deep crew. Like, pull up a chair and sit with us. Well, we got dinner. Come on, it's on us. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. And Doug, they gave it a 10-minute wait and said, all right, we'll just go somewhere else down the street. Yeah, and they went to went and got a pizza. Yep. Went and got a pizza. Does anyone in the world not like pizza? Not, I'm out of a minute. Anybody in the world like, well, they just, you're hungry, you're like, nah, I won't eat pizza. Won't eat pizza. I made, uh, we had a kid at our house yesterday who was gluten intolerant or no non-gluten, so I had actually bought a gluten-free pizza. I just made it, put it out, left it, and I looked up like 30 minutes later and it's gone. They just come running in, grab a slice, <laughs> eat while they're running. That's what they do. The Lamar Jackson thing is fascinating to me, especially with the New England Patriots. Okay. I'll tell you why I think it would make sense for him to be Tom Brady's backup and the next Patriot quarterback on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, I listened to a really interesting interview. Earlier today, I'm not going to play it back for you. You can go find it. Uh, Dan Patrick had had uh, Sean Payton on. And they were talking about, Sean Payton was talking about how last year they had Pat Mahomes as their number one quarterback. And if Marche- if uh, Lattimore had gone to whoever, I can't remember who the Chiefs traded with, or to, to 10, they would have taken Mahomes just because of where he was on their board. Um, it reminded me of a conversation I had with Sean Payton at the Super Bowl. I don't know if you guys remember, 
But I'm I'm fascinated. Sean Payton's one of these guys that he's always trying to find the next thing. Right? Remember, what he was able to do this year is similar to what he was able to do when he had Reggie Bush. Right? He found the perfect running back to be, you know, a slash, if you will. Put him here, put him there, put him where, put him a wide receiver. They put a linebacker or a safety on him, put him a wide receiver. You know, if they put an extra DB on the field, now we put him at running back and we can hand it off to him. But we talked, and Music, you probably remember this conversation. We talked on air and off air about, hey, what's the next thing, right? Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, I remember because you were, first it was about Drew Brees and developing a succession plan for him. And then it sort of evolved from there. Yeah, I'm just, I'm fascinated. I talk to NFL people a lot just because to pick their brains and just be a listener. And I, let me just, I'll, I'll make the basketball analogy and I'll play with football. Like, do you guys understand what's happened with the Boston Celtics roster? Not the one they're winning with but the evolution of their roster from last year to this year. What's, what's different about it? What's, um, you want to take a guess, Music, on what's different between the two rosters? Uh, they don't... They're more well-balanced. What they've gone from is, instead of a bunch of point guard combo guards to where they're junkyard dogs and get after you, right? Last year, remember, they had Marcus Smart, they had Isaiah Thomas, they had Terry Rozier, they had Avery Bradley, right? Those guys can all be kind of point guards, and some of them are the more scoring guards. Right? Remember that? And now they have Jalen Brown, they have Jason Tatum, they have Gordon Hayward, um, they have, what is it, Mark, it's uh, Marcus Morris, right? Marcus or Markeith? Markeith? Markeith Morris, I think. I can't remember. I, I get my Morris's confused. Marcus Morris. Mark, Markeith is with, is with, um, with DC, with the, with the Wizards. Um, and uh, like, like you go through it, they still have Rozier and they'll have Kyrie, but outside of that, they've, instead of having these interchangeable guards, now they have interchangeable forwards. And the idea with that is this is how. 2018 basketball played. Look at the Golden State Warriors. Okay, the Golden State Warriors death lineup. They have Steph Curry, unless they're Kyrie Irving, right? Who he's just such a good offensive player that even though he doesn't really fit what you want to do defensively, he, he you 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 have to have him on the floor. But then they have Clay, who can guard point guards, all the way to some power forwards. Kevin Durant can play almost any position on the floor offensively and probably defensively as well. Draymond Green, same thing. Andre Godala, same thing. Sean Livingston, same thing. In other words, forget what people say. It's what they do, right? It's the same thing in relationships. It's, it's actions more than words and words, actions that match up with words. So, um, I think the future of basketball is these hybrid players that are between six four and six foot eight or six foot nine. You got to be able to shoot, but and you got to be able to handle some, but you got to be able to shoot, pass, and then defend multiple positions. So I talked with Sean Payton about that, and he's like, "That's the same thing in football. Like, can you get a guy who can cover but can also tackle? Can you get linebackers who can really, really run? 
Like, you're going to sacrifice a little bit of something, but they can't be so depleted. You can't have a one-down linebacker or a two-down linebacker. you got to have guys. The more guys that you can play for all three downs, the better. The evolution of the sport. Because what Sean Payton has always been able to do offensively is find the mismatch. All right. I told you it would, it would match up with the New England Patriots. Um. One of the things that's made Bill Belichick great is he's been ahead of the curve, right? Ahead of the curve. Last year, I, I think he knew he had a championship caliber team and they hadn't been drafting great and he didn't like where they were in the draft. And so he basically got out of the draft and used his draft picks to get players. And he ended up being right. Their talent wasn't great defensively. They didn't have enough playmakers defensively. But they had just enough to where even without Julian Edelman, they still were the best team in the AFC and could have won the Super Bowl. Things went right. Um, I think he looks at... Here's the story from Ian Rappaport. Lamar Jackson, relatively quiet, Patriots hosted Louisville quarterback Lamar Jackson on a top 30 pre-draft visit, sources say. The visit, which took place two weeks ago left the organization intrigued and impressed with Heisman Trophy winner, maybe an option at 23. Now, part of it is the Patriots just seek value. Part of it is they need a back, they need a succession plan. They have Hoyer as a backup, but they need somebody to develop. Remember, you guys remember uh, two years ago what happened when Tom Brady was suspended? Did Jimmy Garoppolo start all four games he was suspended? No, he did not. On a Thursday night in Foxborough, Jacoby Brissett started. And Jacoby Brissett, who has since become kind of a viable backup quasi-starter, he wasn't developed enough at the time, but in a pinch, they ran basically a college offense, right? They ran zone read, they ran some option, they did a bunch of other stuff. This is going to take a bit here. What happened in Houston this year? Before Deshaun Watson got hurt. They drafted Deshaun Watson. He didn't win the job in the preseason. But when, in order to put him in, they started running kind of the zone read college offensive stuff. Now, is it sustainable long-term? We don't know. Of course, Deshaun Watson got hurt again, second torn ACL. We don't know what he'll look like when he comes back. But they did score a lot of points. And there is the thought that this is the future of the NFL. That having run past threats, which have worked for years in college, but hasn't worked in the pros. But the reason it hasn't worked in the pros is the guys who were the option quarterbacks, the guys who were the zone read, they were the Vince Youngs who weren't locked in enough at being quarterback, didn't evolve. RG3 who got hurt, but didn't evolve into being a, couldn't, couldn't play a more traditional quarterback and wasn't the athlete that he used to be. But there are a lot of people that think Deshaun Watson, that could be the future. That could work. And what we saw from Colin Kaepernick in limited instances can, in fact, work. So here's the hypothesis. Let's say they move up or let's say he falls to them. They got two picks in the 20s. Let's say the Patriots get Lamar Jackson. When Bill Belichick's just saying, look, I got him as a backup now to which I can put him in in a pinch and I can run the zone read stuff and he'll be incredible because he's basically Mike Vick without the dog fighting. 
and I don't have to play him right away. Meanwhile, he develops under Josh McDaniels. Who, oh yeah, by the way, didn't he win a playoff game with Tim Tebow as quarterback? Right? Like, this kid is a freak athletically. Does have a strong arm where he snaps throws. He just, he ain't great verbally. He ain't great in terms of consistency of footwork. And uh, he sometimes is wildly inaccurate on throws to which he shouldn't be inaccurate. But he can throw it a mile, he can throw it crisply, and man, can he really move. And that's the future of the position. Look, I don't, again, this is total hypotheses, but it's not crazy to think that Bill Belichick, like we talked about with Sean Payton, everybody's trying to be ahead, get, be ahead, get the next guy, the next out, to be like, man, I never, who was the genius who drafted Lamar Jackson, even though that guy didn't fit his style initially, because that's the style he wants to evolve in, when, wouldn't that be Bill, a Bill Belichick type of person? Was that crazy? Did you understand where I was going with it, or was it too far afield? No, I, I totally get what you're saying, and it just sort of reminds me also another point specifically that I remember you were talking with Sean Payton about was not just the evolution of the position, but what I mentioned earlier when you were asking him about what they're going to do in terms of life after Drew Brees, what he said was, to speak to that was, we don't have to look for a quarterback that was like Drew Brees. Specifically, so like these pocket right, right, passing right, quarterbacks, right. like everybody's like, well, so and so's like don't you, Drew yeah, Brees. Why don't you get like that? That was their cha- that was why they had Chase Daniel, right? Remember Chase right. Daniel was their backup. Like, well, we have one undersized quarterback. Let's get another mighty Mike quarterback to be right. his backup, so that it looks the same. He's like, or we could just go get a really good quarterback and develop a system around him when his time comes. Right, exactly. So that's why what you're saying with Tom Brady and the Patriots, like I totally buy it. They don't need to go get a. Josh Rosen, who is essentially a lot like Tom Brady in that he's just a great thrower of the ball, really smart, intellectual, and doesn't necessarily isn't known for being able to scramble and move around a lot. It could be something where they just go completely off the board because they're ready to just reinvent what you consider the Patriots style of play. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I, look, what, what I do on the day after the first round of the draft and what, I, what I'll, we'll do next Monday as well is you try and figure out what a team is trying to, what, what they're trying to say, you know? Because you want to address your biggest needs in the draft. And you can kind of tell everybody, you, you tell everybody without telling everybody what you're doing. Which is why the Rams, frankly, Ramos, have been so hard to figure out because some of the stuff they're doing seems kind of hodgepodge. Well, the question I have is, you just got done saying how Bill Belichick is ahead of the curve and he's always one step ahead. Wouldn't it be when you put out things like that? Where you're talking about Lamar Jackson? Don't other teams? When if I was a GM, when I sit there and go, "Well, you know what? If Bill Belichick's been really hot on these things, maybe we need to take Lamar Jackson." Or do teams not think like that? Do they just think, "Well, I, you I know, we're they, doing they, our own thing. We're not worried about what the Patriots are doing." I'm just thinking if he's saying things that might be ahead of the curve, maybe other teams might be going, "Man, maybe we should take a Lamar Jackson before he gets them because he may know something we don't." Yeah, I also remember this happened two weeks ago. <laughs> Okay. Right? No, so just the idea of, like, look, it happened two weeks. That's how good the Patriots are. Everybody else, the guy visits, and you know it, it shows up on Twitter. It takes two weeks for you to figure out. Then you're like, oh, man, what are the Patriots doing? And very intrigued doesn't mean, like, that. They may have come away going, like, I wouldn't like them. Right? It got out, the information that got out. So you have no idea about the, the level of information. They do all have mocks. 
They do have what they think is going to happen. And most of them, it kind of goes according to plan. They all have kind of plants. I think there's some wild cards there. And I think, frankly, the Browns are a wild card, not just because they're the Browns, uh, but because they have a one and a four. Um, And then, you know, the Bills with all those picks, the Niners with all those picks. But now the Niners also with uh, losing your middle linebacker with, you know, a domestic violence complaint against him. And does that make you all of a sudden now you're going to go after Rokon Smith? Far and away rated the number one middle linebacker in this draft. So that throws a wrench into it, right? Like, were they looking for – they? They I, I would guess that the Niners felt like they had their linebacker, middle linebacker of the future up until like a week ago when he got arrested. So, yes, I to answer your question, I do think that affects them. Um, they go like, well, what's Bill Belichick doing? But I, I also, there's so much misinformation. It just, it doesn't even matter. Like you got to go with, you got to go with your Intel. You got to go with your sources and figure it out and, and have a, have a plan and play, have a plan, a plan B and a plan C. And it does come at you really, really fast. So. The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. What if I told you the Warriors losing yesterday was a good thing? I'll explain next. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Pretty cool what happened yesterday in San Antonio. Obviously, uh, stinks because uh, Greg Popovich wasn't there. His wife uh, wife passed away, and so he's missed the last two, and he will not coach in Game 5 either for the San Antonio Spurs. But um, I do think um, I, I do think it was pretty cool that Mono Ginobili took over in the fourth quarter, and if that's his last shot in San Antonio, he made it, right? And... For my money, I've I've said this for a long time. Mono Ginobili is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is the most impactful, the most impactful player uh, from born outside of you know North America. Maybe even more so, you know, you would call him like European style. But South American player, it's not close. He's the most impactful, and I would include European players. I know Dirk won MVP. I know Dirk won an NBA championship when it's a finals MVP. I understand that. And, you know, Dirk as a stretch four, people think changed the game. Mono Ginobili won a gold medal with Argentina. Think about that. A gold medal. And, of course, part of four championship teams and won a couple of European championships. And, like, yeah, he was never seen as the star, but the truth is that he was the star. Because he could, he was, we've talked about this actually with just now with the Celtics, a guy who could play three positions, three or three or four positions and could guard three or four positions. So pretty fantastic, really. Um, I would say, though, that the loss doesn't actually hurt the Warriors as much as maybe it, some people would think because it pushes back the series. Now, look, the Pelicans, you could say, well, they get time. They'll be rested. They'll be fresh. And that's true. 
That's true. Right now, Golden State is up three games to one. And the Pelicans are already done. They're in the clubhouse and they're waiting and they're waiting for their their trip to start uh, to go to Oakland. But with each passing day, it allows and passing game, it allows Steph Curry to get closer to being healthy. And the thought was he wouldn't be ready for game one or he'd be really close to not ready for game one. And now it gives him a couple of extra days. So while it may wear down KD a little bit, and Draymond showing that he can't make jump shots. And look, it's it's one additional game to which it, you allow yourself the possibility of injury. And they are all the you know everybody's just an injury way, but the Golden State Warriors, a KD turned ankle, a uh Clay Thompson, you know, foot injury, a Draymond Green technical, any of these things, and you have older players, something could go wrong. but I kind of think it's a good thing for the Warriors because, look, they need Steph, and they need Steph to be completely up and running by the time he gets to the Rockets. And the only way he's going to get there is by getting game minutes against the Trailblazers, and if they were to have swept the San Antonio Spurs, he might not have played in the first or maybe second game, and now it becomes increasingly likely that he does. Therefore... Or thus. Do you guys ever use thus in a sentence? Thus is a pretty cool way to put it. Kind of a good thing. Kind of a good thing. All right, let's get to Dan Byer, find out what else is going on in the world of sports. Dan, what do you got? Two game fours tonight. Rockets and Timberwolves, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Rockets up 2-1 in the best of seven series. Thunder and Jazz will tip it off at 10.30 Eastern time tonight in Salt Lake City. Jazz are up 2-1 in that best of seven matchup. The New York Post says Hawks head coach Mike Budenholzer wants the New York Knicks job. Budenholzer also interviewed for the Suns coaching vacancy despite having two years left on his deal with the Hawks. White Sox pitcher Danny Farquhar will remain hospitalized for the next three weeks, according to the USA Today, following his brain hemorrhage suffered Friday night. The report says Farquhar remains in stable condition following the brain aneurysm. He had surgery on Saturday. The agent for Patriots quarterback Tom Brady expects his client to play in 2018. Don Yeast telling ESPN not only that, he expects Brady to stand by his stance of wanting to play into his mid-40s. Patriots reportedly hosted Louisville quarterback Lamar Jackson as one of their top 30 visits, according to the NFL Network. And Frisco, Texas police confirm they are investigating allegations against Cowboys defensive end David Irving, including possible charges of assault causing bodily injury and unlawful restraint. No arrests have been made in the alleged incident involving his alleged girlfriend. And Niners GM John Lynch telling reporters that the charges against linebacker Reuben Foster are true. He won't be a part of the organization. He faces three felony charges, including domestic violence, and is due in court again on April 30th. Doug, back to you. Mm. Mm. That Reuben Foster story could be a game changer for what the Niners do in the NFL draft. For the best NFL draft coverage, you need to keep it right here to Fox Sports Radio. Thursday night, Jay Glazer, Joel Klatt, Kurt Menefee, and our next guest, Chris Spielman, broadcast live from the site of the draft, AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Remember, the draft's on Fox uh, this year. It's on Fox this year. Uh, Jay Glazer, last three years, has correctly predicted every single first-round pick, so we can do it again this year you go 32 for 32 listen this thursday night fox sports radio the iHeartRadio app beginning at eight eastern five pacific to hear the very best nfl draft coverage on the radio 
during the entire first round of the draft. Let's bring in Chris Spielman, who has covered college, pro football, and just an absolute savant in terms of understanding the game and how guys make that transition from college to the pro. Of course, uh, should be known as brother is the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. He joins us. Chris Spielman joins us now on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's start with the Reuben Foster story. I said, boy, that that sure changes the Niners, right? It goes from them looking for other pieces to, if they think it's true, don't they have to go and draft Rokon Smith if he's available? I think that's certainly something that you, you have to entertain if you're John Lynch. I mean, Reuben Foster was the guy there for the next 10 years. And as far as talent on the field, Doug, I think he was on his way to a a great career. Uh, that's what, that's the risk you take, though. When there's red flags on guys, there's red flags on them for a reason. And they can tell you that, yeah, they're reformed, they learn their lessons of the past, but uh, you do take risk when you take a guy like Ruben. Mm. Mm. Crazy stuff. Um, all right, let's start at the top. Cleveland Browns. Cleveland's always the wild card. What do you think they do? I think they go with Darnold because that's the safest pick. I think they have to get a quarterback. I mean, I like what they did as far as getting Tyrod Taylor in there to be that quote-unquote bridge guy until Sam Darnold is ready. Uh, I like uh, Josh Rosen myself. I know you talk to four different guys and you get four different answers. I think Josh Rosen is the best pure thrower in the game. I think he has a quick release. I think his football IQ is high based on the field, not on a chalkboard. And he has a great pocket presence. And the number one thing I like about all quarterbacks, and I know that I'm in disagreement with a lot of guys out there that are gurus, but uh, you can't improve accuracy. Either guy's accurate or he's not accurate. And that's the problem you have with Josh Allen. It's also the, 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 the problem you have with Lamar Jackson as well. What are your thoughts on Lamar Jackson in terms of, you know, uh, the thought, it's always been, hey, a mobile quarterback's the quarterback of the future, but we've been hearing that for 30 years, yeah. right? We just we said, oh, it's the guy of the future. And Deshaun Watson, we're like, well, he's taking the league by storm. Then he gets hurt. So I'm struggling with when, in fact, that, that takes place, that the future becomes the present. Well, I, I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of guys out there, and myself included, that, you know, Lamar Jackson cannot be labeled, and I don't think you're doing this, by, by the way, but he cannot be labeled as just a guy that can – is a running quarterback first. I think he can throw the ball adequate uh, enough to to be a guy that can maybe grow into that position. Uh, his feet are definitely a weapon. I know from experience playing against guys uh, that can run the football, third and two, third and three, guys that can run, Doug, they dictate to what you do defensively, and they also slow down an interior pass rush because you have to be able to put a spy on that guy or have your interior defensive lineman bull rush a guy to try to keep him and maintain any running lanes that he may turn into a first down by his feet. So I like the idea of a mobile quarterback, but I think when you look at the top four guys, uh, those guys all to me are a clear-cut notch above Lamar Jackson. not saying Lamar is not going to have a great future. I hope all these guys have a great future. There's no bigger proponent of the player than myself, but if I'm making a pick – I mean, I'm looking at Lamar Jackson, maybe, maybe to New England at 31 or maybe middle second round. Chris Spielman joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show. Saquon Barkley, um, there, you know, some people have him far and away the number one running back in this draft. The problem is it is a deep running back draft and there's a bunch of guys that you can get later on 
uh, in the second, third, or even fourth round that may not may not check all the boxes, but check enough and you get a little bit more value. What's your sense of the value of Barkley in comparison to the talent? Uh, I, uh, this is nothing against Saquon because I think he's a tremendous talent. I, I just have a hard time taking a running back high. Uh, I don't know where you're all, you are on this, but you look at the success last year, the running backs drafted later, two notably, right? Kareem Hunt with the Kansas City Chiefs. And let's not remember, John Dorsey made that draft choice last year, and Cleveland has the number four pick overall, which I think will go to uh, Bradley Chubb. Then, of course, Alvin Kamara down at New Orleans. Alvin Kamara led the league in uh, forcing missed tackles last year. And if you can find that kind of value in the third round, I don't know if you want to take a guy at four or three when you have so many needs when your team picking at four or three. Chris Buell, I'm I'm with you. It's a lot like, I mean, I would guess the, the NBA center, right? I mean, Jalil Okafor, yeah. Okafor, 15 years ago, great pick. Now, can't even stay in the league. Now, look, you, you still need a running back. You still need a running game, especially if it's a guy, and Saquon can you know uh, pass pro, and he can catch out of the backfield. So he's not, um, but this is like, look, to me, it's, it's the, you look in the in the NBA, dominant ball handlers are more valuable than a center, even if he can protect the rim. That, that it's a problem that I think NBA teams are going to have to evaluate with players yeah. in the upcoming draft. It's really hard with changing of offenses and changing of valuations and values of certain players. Well, the same as as the league, right? So, what makes Alvin Kamara and, and and I think Saquon can do this, right? They they can all go out and play wide receiver. I mean. Alvin Kamara is an excellent route runner. The other thing of value that Saquon brings, everybody knows that he can return kicks. The one thing that bothered me, and I, I, I could be corrected on this uh, via your show, but I believe there were seven or eight games where he was held under 100 yards. Yeah. That, and that bothers me a little bit. I watched Northwestern film on him. That first half, Doug, it's a minus, minus yardage. I mean, I love him. Don't get me wrong. It's just that I don't love the running back position. It's an important position, but I do think you can get value and production later on, not not in the top ten. I don't think I'd take any running back in the top ten unless Barry came out of retirement. All right. So if you're if you're if you're not going to take a running back, we've heard about your what if you you have a quarterback? Is it is it Bradley Chubb? Do you go offensive lineman? Where is the value in this first round? Uh, well. It's a passing league. You would agree with me on that? Of course. Okay, so my value on first, I think Bradley Chubb is the best pure rash, pass rusher. So my number four, I look, okay, I got Miles Garrett coming off of one side, and I got Bradley Chubb coming off the other side. To me, uh, those guys are help your defense. They help your coverage. They can cover up a lot of warts, and we know that the passing game is so valuable to offenses in the National Football League, I need to defend that passing game. And the best way to defend that passing game is put constant pressure on that quarterback. And so when I have two guys coming off the edge, and the thing most feared by offensive tackles is speed. They hate speed. They can't stand speed because speed can embarrass them. And they can match power for power usually, but when you got a speed guy that can combine power, that's an offensive tackle's nightmare. And I think Bradley Chubb is clearly the best pass rusher, edge rusher in this draft. Marcus Davenport out of UTSA would probably be my second guy. Um, Harold Landry out of Boston College probably uh, later in the first round, maybe early second. I I think he has a little bit of uh, issues with effort once in a while, which could be a problem. Okay, so look, if we agree it's a passing league, you not only need to 
uh, you know, get after the quarterback, you need to protect the quarterback as well, right? I mean, so that's uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the problem is Quentin Nelson's a guard. How do you evaluate yeah. whether you have a guard? You know, traditionally we look at tackles as having more value than guards, but he's far and away the top-rated offensive lineman. What do you do? Uh, you know, like if you're the Giants, do you trade down and try and get Quentin Nelson? Um, there's the thought that the Bears, you know, they have his old offensive line coach. They're going to value Quentin Nelson. What are your thoughts on Nelson, who's a position that's at a position that's not normally valued? On the other hand, offensive yeah. line play has been so bad of late. Wouldn't you draft there? Yeah, I, I think you take a hard look at Quentin Nelson because he's not only is he a guard, Doug, but he's he's a dominant guard. He's dominant on run blocking. He comes off double teams, gets to the second level on pass pro. He's got really good feet. He keeps his hands inside, doesn't get knocked off balance. Uh, a lot of times you'll see where they'll come off double teams, not only on run blocking, but on pass blocking. And he's got good enough feet to be able to, to, to do that on a consistent basis. Now, normally for guards, my theory is if I'm drafting a guard, you better be able to play center because that helps you in your depth on your offensive line. And I don't, I don't know if Quentin has ever played center or can play center. But that certainly adds to the value as we move throughout the draft. I, I only think, uh, I don't know if any other guests that you've had on the show, but I only think there's probably uh, numbers high at 15 first-round graded guys that will go in the first round. Other than that, I think you get the same value at, uh, say, uh, 28 that you get at 48. I really think there's that little difference in the players. Mm, that's it's going to be going it's going to be interesting to see because so many teams have traded back in the past, and we'll see. What oh the, yeah, they're going to be trading like crazy. Right. it's going to look like Wall Street up there. Man. Yeah, and and then you have teams like the like like the Buffalo Bills and or like the Niners they have a ton of picks, and they can trade up or they can trade back. And then you know, then we have then you have the 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 New England Patriots. Let me ask you about the Dallas Cowboys. They jettisoned uh, Des Bryant. It feels like yeah. it was like man. Don't they need a wide receiver? Is there a wide receiver that you can see making an impact right away? Well, I not really, but if there is one, it's Calvin Ridley, right? And I think that's the one that everybody's talking about, and he can stretch the field. The problem with the Cowboys is that, I mean, if you look at their receivers, uh, is there anybody that scares you down the field? No. I mean, if I'm a corner, am I, am I scared this guy's going to run by me? Or there's any deep threat, and you're right. The answer is an enthusiastic no, which you just gave me. But if they feel that Ridley is that guy, then you know you'll have to reach for a wide receiver. And that goes to the thing too, Doug. It goes to the whole debate, right? Do you take uh, best player available, or do you take need? Uh, and that's the decision that Dallas will have to make. It's 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 really really hard to determine. Um, uh, last thing, you're the Arizona Cardinals, and you have David Johnson. You have Larry Fitzgerald. You have some other holes as well, but you got Sam Bradford as your starting quarterback. Now, look, Sam Bradford was great week one last week, last year. Great. Yeah. Okay. But depending on Sam Bradford to stay healthy for an entire 17 week, 16 game schedule, yikes. Don't they scream, we need a quarterback? Well, they need a quarterback of the future. I believe they also signed Mike Glennon, who's a serviceable backup. And, and I define backups where a guy can play three games and go two and one. I think Mike uh, Glennon can, can be that guy. Uh, I, I love Sam Bradford. I know and, and Sam Bradford, there's nobody who's committed to Sam Bradford as much as uh, myself as far as the talent that he has. But, sure. you know, you, he, he cannot 
stay healthy, but that doesn't that say something about the desperation of finding quarterbacks? Yes. When you sit there and you drop twenty million on Sam Bradford, not uh, certainly his talent uh, legitimizes twenty million, but the fact that we never can trust that he's going to be on the field, and I feel bad for Sam because I think he's a competitor and he has great accuracy, and it's just been uh, it's been sad to watch. I hope he stays healthy because I love the guy, but. I'm also, if there's a quarterback there that I like, and we're going to assume that that would be Mason Rudolph out of uh, Oklahoma State, your alma mater, or or Lamar Jackson. Yep. Well, I know Bruce Arians was uh, banging the drum for uh, Lamar Jackson if he were still in charge of Arizona. Yeah, well, but but he is not. And new regime, sometimes, <laughs> some, sometimes, sometimes new ideas. Hey, listen, I know you got a ton of prep to do. No one preps like you do, Chris. Thanks so much for joining us. Can't wait to hear you on the broadcast on Thursday night. All right, thanks, Doug. Anytime, partner. Chris, Chris Bielman, C-Ball, Hitball, going to provide great analysis. That's Thursday night right here on Fox Sports Radio. This tax season, your, your refund goes further at AutoZone. Thanks to the free loaner tool program, you can choose from over 100 specialty tools that help you get the job done right. So stop in today, get in the zone, AutoZone. Who's the safest pick in the draft this year? Clay Travis thinks he knows. Tell you if I agree or disagree. Next. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Every day at this time, we like to play for you a portion of a show previously on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports Television. We call it... And now... Clay Travis has identified the can't-miss the NFL draft. Take a listen. Josh Rosen is the most ready to play, I think, immediately, and the least likely to be a complete and total bust. Okay? I think that Rosen is a beautiful quarterback in terms of knowing all the mechanics in terms of being able to make all the throws in terms of looking like your prototypical pocket passing quarterback. I'm not sure what his ceiling is. I'm not sure what his ceiling is. And I'm also not sure how much weight he can take put on and how many big hits he can take in the NFL. When I look at Josh Rosen, I'm not really sure who I look at him as and think, Oh, he projects to this position. Right, I mean, like this quarterback who's currently in the league that is insanely successful. I'm not really sure what his ceiling is, but I'm confident that his floor is not complete bust. I think that's actually pretty pretty accurate uh, depiction. Matt Ryan would be what his what most people think his ceiling is. Like he's the guy. He looks like Matt Ryan. The difference is that Matt Ryan is immensely and totally likable, as opposed to Josh Rowan, who's uh, Josh Rosen, who's uh, a little bit more like an acquired taste, right? A little bit more like beer, if you will. Uh, that that's that's who he is. That's that's what he is. So um, I look at it and I think I think it's it's accurate in that you know what he is. He looks like a quarterback. He feels like the problem with the injury thing is that's a hard one to get over for a lot of people. He'd been hurt a lot in college. He was he hurt his shoulder as a tennis player, which led him to be, and that's just. That's one of those deals to which I'd almost rather you play poorly than not be able to go at all. But I don't think it's a crazy assessment that he makes. Like, look, he looks like a quarterback. He'll be a quarterback. He's ready to play. 
You don't have to, you know, but there are things that are not fixable, not fixable. I look at it. It's my, my wife and I were looking at buying a house and it's really hard when you're trying to buy a house because you're trying to figure out, okay, we don't mind a project, but one, there's the cost of the project. We have a place in which we're living now, which we're fine, but can we afford both the project, the cost of the house and the place we're living, right? That's the same with drafting a quarterback. If you have, that's the reason that, that Cleveland, it's a one-year deal, Tyrod Taylor, $16 million. They can afford the cost of the two quarterbacks, but they can't afford that cost for more than a year. You know, right? After that, now you got to hand it over. So after a year, you're going to have to move in. But what is fixable and what's not fixable? You can't teach people how to be an NFL quarterback like Josh Rosen has. He's been trained to do it. He looks it. He feels it. He understands position. On the other hand, it's also hard for people to make themselves more likable. It's hard for a guy to not be injured. There's a bunch of things that go with it. Here's Chris Broussard giving his thoughts on the Philadelphia 76ers. Well, look, I've picked the Cleveland Cavaliers to win the East, and I'm sticking with that pick. But if if I was dropped down from Mars right now and I looked at the teams in the East right now, I wouldn't even think twice after watching them and looking at their resume as to who's the best team. I mean, the Sixers have everything. They got the best big man in the conference by far. Yes. Okay? They've got a great point guard. I could argue he's the best point guard in the conference, and that includes Kyrie Irving, who, you know, is more of a scorer. Um, They've got great three-point shooting. They're fifth in the league in three-point shooting since uh, the All-Star break. They uh, play great defense. They were third yes. in the league defensively. People overlook that. They don't understand yeah. it. That might They've be in length. front of is Joel and B because people might question, oh, well, East, but best center and some of the other things. That might be their number one calling card. That's And people don't understand that. They look at them, they're starting five and say they're not that athletic, but they're long, so long. and they're smart defensively. Yeah, look, I, I I can't go too much with defensive ratings, to be honest. It's really hard. What I can tell you is this. I went on Cowherd today, and we talked about Ben Simmons, and he's in love with Ben Simmons, as am I. I actually think Embiid is the better prospect of the two because Embiid does things we've never seen a seven foot two guy do. We just haven't. He can shoot, he can handle, he can move. He's just tapping into it. The problem with Embiid is you don't know if he's healthy. Um, I don't believe they're truly ready to make the NBA Finals. I don't believe they truly understand and value possessions, but it might happen a year or two too soon because the East is that depleted. All right, we got a great third hour of the show for you. If you listen on uh, Sirius XM, you're going to have to find your iHeartRadio app or a local station uh, like 97.3 in San Diego, like 1360 in Cincinnati, uh, like our station in, in Phoenix or in Seattle. we got another two I've heard they're coming on in major major markets as well. But uh, we already had uh, Chris Spielman, Greg Cosell next hour, as well as Jim Jackson's going to join us upcoming next. Is what LeBron's doing sustainable? Like he was resting while playing yesterday. And you can do it against the Pacers. Can you do it against the Raptors? Can you do it against the Sixers? Can the Cavs keep up this style of winning with LeBron? We discuss next with Jim Jackson, the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What up? It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Can I tell you my least favorite uh, Twitter response ever? My least favorite Twitter response? 
when people say delete your account. Oh. <laughs> when people say delete your account. I hate delete your account. Right? Delete your account. Like I somehow you are the adjudicator of who can and is not who is and is not worthy of having a Twitter or an Instagram, a Facebook, whatever account. Delete your account. Like, look, I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a little support to my man Jay Feely, right? Jay Feely had a picture, I think it was Instagram or whatever, where it's his daughter, and it's his daughter and her prom date, and he's like wishing them a, wishing them a a, a, a happy prom, and he's like holding a pistol in his hand, right? It's funny, it's funny, like. And every and and what I did yesterday, I did a very non-scientific poll yesterday. I showed it to some of my friends, all of whom were parents, and all of them had the exact say the exact same thing. They're all like, "Man, that is really funny," but you know, like I don't know, is that politically correct? Like, no, the we're so scared of like who is really, really honestly offended. Honestly, well, you know, in this day and time with guns and like, dude. Stop it. Just quit. It's it is not figuratively. It's literally the oldest joke in the dad book is guy comes to date my house and I'm going to fiddle around my shotgun. You know, it's oldest joke ever. Only, you know, pictures worth a thousand words. It's funny. So, of course, people delete your account. So I'm anti delete your account guy. And even if you have a bad tweet, it's like, you know, we all have a bad tweet. We all break wind in public and don't mean it sometimes. You bet don't pick something up. You're trying to hold it in and you couldn't. It happens to the best of us. On the other hand, I think Kevin Rant needs to delete his account. So apparently um, there was some comment from Bay's Heroes where a guy said subpar, subpar, that the Kevin Durant wasn't subpar, that the laugh my blanking blank off. The problem was Westbrook. They had a good ass team, and Kevin Durant liked it, liked the tweet. And because he liked the tweet, Twitter went crazy. Like, oh, Kevin Durant, like, Kevin Durant hated playing with Westbrook. Blah, blah. So Kevin Durant told Royce Young and other people in the media it was a total accident that he liked to comment on Instagram about Russell Westbrook. It was just an honest mistake. Dude, I love you, KD. I think he's actually the best player in basketball. I watched what he was doing, like a one-man team yesterday to the San Antonio Spurs. They take a big, put a big guy on him, he goes around him, put a guard on him, he just shoots over you. He was almost unstoppable yesterday, even though the Spurs beat them. And it's got to be really frustrating to have people hate on you on Twitter and then you have your troll accounts or whatever. But buddy, you might want to delete your account. I mean, just you're just not good at this thing. Jimmy Jackson joins us in the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Do you, I, I, you have Twitter. Do you do Instagram? Do you like photos and things like that? Yeah, I do. So I know, come on, man. Uh, and I love KD to death. But now sometimes you can hit the heart button by accident. Yes. But you know you do it because it shows up. It, the big heart shows up. So you can unlike it. You know that. So... For him to say that he didn't know, I can't give him the benefit of the doubt just because of what's happened in the past before. 
with him and his Twitter account and fake Twitter account and social media stuff. Can't give him a pass on that one, Dougie. Yeah, especially because he has, like, you know, right? He's already working with two strikes. That, that he's yeah, already yeah. working. All right, here's my question. I was asking, I was watching LeBron yesterday, and yep. he was he was clearly pacing himself in the third quarter, um, and even in parts of the fourth quarter. And look, it worked. And they got a little luck. They got a little help. Kyle Korver hit a couple shots, and you know, Indy. I don't know, you know, what they were trying to accomplish. I thought they played the wrong lineup at the end of the game. I thought Sabonis was better than Miles Turner for that for that particular right. game. Um, I just feel like though this is an unsustainable way of playing where LeBron where LeBron plays there kind of dead on his feet and just kind of lays in the cut until it's time it's go time in the fourth quarter and I just don't think they got enough. Am I crazy? Not crazy, but Doug, I think you got to keep in mind. I think you mentioned this earlier. You said he can get away with it against Indiana, right? Well, he can get away with it because Indiana hasn't been in this position to understand how to close out a game in the playoffs when it counts because they haven't been there. Okay, so Detroit had to go through Boston to finally get over, but they had to lose first to figure out late game. Chicago through Detroit and so on. Until you go through that, you don't know. So you're operating kind of in the blind in the playoffs of how to do it. Let's say they get past it. Okay, on to the next series. You got teams in front of you that still allow you to get away with some things to keep the game close because they don't know how to close them out yet. So, mm-hmm. is it sustainable? Maybe not when they play against the Western Conference. Talent is going to overrule, I think, a little bit of what happens with Cleveland. But LeBron, as long as they can keep it close, it allows him to be able to take his break. You know, Kevin Love had to stay out of foul trouble. He stays out of foul trouble. LeBron gets a little bit more break in that first half than he did in the game because Kevin Love was out. So I agree with you in a little bit, but let's look at the teams in front of them and see how he matches up and that they really don't know how to close out games yet when they've had those leads, when they have the leads. Uh, Jimmy Jackson joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. People are going crazy about Ben Simmons because he just loads up the stat column, and I love Ben Simmons. I liked him in college when other people bailed on him, but I actually think Embiid's the 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 bigger breakthrough talent. And obviously, the questions we have with Embiid are in regards to health and on probably basketball decision making at the end of game because Embiid he just hadn't played in big games, important games really ever. Um, well, what are your thoughts on the Sixers and those two incredible young talents they have? Well, it's, it's just like kind of like Kobe. So Kobe, as great as Kobe was, a lot of people say, well, you know what? We saw this before with Michael. You know, we kind of saw this iteration before. With Shaq, he was so dominant, but the old school guys would say, well, you know, we saw it with Will. Will dominated kind of like, like this. Maybe not as big, but he, at his time that he played he was so physically imposing that we've seen it with Embiid I get what you're saying rare combination of a dirt that can shoot it but a big man that can post you up with a guard that can make passes and make plays and put it on the deck so that uniqueness is something a little intriguing and different and and to your point the question is how healthy is he going to be and this is my other question can he not allow his ego to get in the way of his progression of being one of the best? Because I can see at times where Embiid 
because of this stardom, mm-hmm. is going to let his mouth be a little bit loose. And how do you control that ego part where it doesn't get to where it's above the team? To me, that's the biggest question. Not the talent, not the health, but the mindset and the ego. How do you keep that under control if you're jo- jo- Joel Embiid? Mm, it's, a, it's a great point and something to keep an eye on. Jim Jackson joined us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. What's going on with Russell Westbrook? Didn't shoot in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Was that, was that him doing a Kobe, pulling a Kobe? Yep. And I was on the team with Kobe when he did that. And during the course of the game, I re- in the fourth quarter, I really didn't pay attention until later on, like, damn, he didn't even shoot the ball. I think Russ was doing the same thing. Okay, you think I'm a ball hog? You think I'm all about my numbers? Now I'm passing the ball and see what happens. But, Doug, you and I both understand this. They're just getting out-executed, bro. I mean, Utah, you got, you got five players that's averaging double figures. OKC has three. They barely get Steven Adams, who I think could be huge tonight, involved in the game. Down the stretch of the game, the ball is hopping around like a hot potato uh, in Utah because of the discipline of Quinn Snyder. With OKC, it's so easy to guard them because it's one-on-one. So they got to figure out a way. When they're rolling and the ball is moving, as we've seen, OKC is tough to stop. But when they get staggering on one side of the court, like me and you probably can get out there and guard them a little bit. It's the same thing happens, honestly, with the Pacers, too, right? Like. Like yeah. if you just you're just gonna kind of line up and go one on one and and attack guys and wait for help like that that ain't gonna work. Whereas when the ball moves side to side, you try and get the you know I'm I'm surprised this is going back to the Pacers, but like Kyle Korver hits a couple of threes. That's what Kyle Korver does. Why aren't they going at him defensively? Why aren't they finding a way to get him to guard um, Victor Oladipo so that they have that mismatch? That's what everybody well, does, here, but here, the Pacers wait, aren't here, doing here's it. A, here, but here's the problem. They're not going to switch. Because with Victor Oladipo, anytime he comes off a pick and roll, they're going to double him, which is okay. If I'm Victor and I'm Nate, as soon as Victor sees that double team coming, I'm putting the man at the free throw line or on that weak side. And as soon as you see it coming, you attack where he's coming from. Now you're going to have a two-on-one on the opposite side of the court. And Cleveland has shown when they've done that that their rotations are slow. So a lot of times you can use Victor up top as a decoy right. to attract that double team. Because, Doug, as you know, the hardest place to double team is in the middle of the court because now it's the spacing aspect of it. On one side of the court, you can funnel. But in the middle, they've had success when Victor has made a quick pass. It's been 2-1 on, on the weak side, and Cleveland couldn't recover. Jim Jackson joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Is it crazy to think that uh, Golden State extending that series ends up helping them because it pushes back the next series and allows the possibility of Steph playing game one? No, not crazy at all. You know, the only thing I didn't like about the game, it seemed like it was a Kevin Durant show, which it was, and yep. that's not how Golden State played. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, but, 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 but if it's not him, but if, him, but if it's not him, who's going to – like? It's not him, it's him or Clay. Well, they don't they don't really have that much offense. This is what I've said like well, No, no. Go ahead. I didn't say I didn't say that you you don't do it. I'm just you're so used to seeing the Golden State and that's why you miss Steph. Because yeah. Steph adds so much to forget the scoring. The pace of play with Steph is a lot different. It opens up opportunities for Clay, Draymond, even Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? It's it's so much I get it. Trust me, I get it. It just was weird watching that Golden State team kind of play and revert back to kind of a one-on-one situation when that's what we're not accustomed to seeing. That's a totally fair point. It was it was absolutely odd to see. Yes. Doug, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, how concerned should the Rockets be that they 
have now lost a game. They were pushed in another game. Something you see that you, you don't like about the Rockets. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Jeff Bestella has done an excellent job, and he doesn't get enough credit with what he's done defensively with Houston. Um, they've turned the corner in regards to really taking pride in playing defense. But I, I don't think it's too much of a concern because this Minnesota team is talented. But can they consistently put games together? I don't, I don't think they can with this Houston team. Houston missed some shots, okay? They gave up some opportunity. They played at home on the road. The, the fans were fired up. Carl Anthony Towns finally had an impactful game. But I wouldn't be overly concerned, but this is the playoffs. This is a really good Minnesota team that finally kind of woke up. You got your one. Let's see how this Houston team responds tonight especially the first five minutes of the game. I think that would be a telltale sign of kind of how this game eventually winds up. Hmm. I, I agree with you. Um, look, I, I don't think the Pelicans are great, uh, but I do think that DeMarcus Cousins being hurt kind of helps him. It moves Anthony Davis to the five. It puts Miritich at the four. And then you have Rondo that slides Drew Holiday to the two. That's actually where he's best. It's like it's weird that – that without DeMarcus, they're better, even if I'm not one of these guys that would say they're they're empirically better, but they're better in that matchup, and they're probably better against the Warriors without DeMarcus Cousins as well. Well, you have more space to work with. Yeah. The pace of play when DeMarcus was playing was six in the NBA. DeMarcus out was first. Alvin Gentry did an excellent job of retooling that offense to be able to get more freedom of movement. That allowed Anthony Davis to work more. That allows Drew Holiday to probe a lot more. And how about this? A guy that you're not really talking about that's playing pretty good, solid basketball, each one more. Kind of forgot about him at Chicago, along with Miratech, along with Rondo when they were in Chicago. But now the three of them have kind of re-immersed themselves into integral parts. And like Utah does, this team plays unselfish. Okay? They move the basketball. Somebody's open, they get it. They understand their roles. Anthony Davis is the man. Okay, we're not really messing with that. We know he's the man. Rondo has taken it upon his his um, self to kind of be the leader of the offense, get guys in place. And so, actually, it was so and it was refreshing to see. And I hated to see Portland get beat in the sweep, but a team played that unselfishly and understand their roles, and it, and it worked out for them. Jim, great stuff. Uh, Jim Jackson. The uh, the guy who played for 12 teams, the guy who is That's a right. hero of mine personally, and the guy who um, is probably, are you teeing off right now? Did you finish already? Give me no, the... I just got down with Speak for Yourself, so no golf today. Still time. Still plenty of daylight. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> All right, brother. Uh, NBA veteran Jim Jackson. Great dude, by the way. Greg Cosell from NFL Films joins the show up coming next. We'll just talk quarterbacks, right? That's what really matters. Road Ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Great Cosell next. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I don't even know how we got this as bumper music there. It was in there, Doug. I, I don't good. question you. I just say, oh, that's a Doug Gottlieb song. Let's put it in. 
This tax season, your refund goes further to AutoZone. Thanks to the free loan and tool program, you can choose from over 100 specialty tools to help you get the job done right. Stop in today, get in the zone, AutoZone. Greg Cosell from NFL Films joins the show. Uh, he does an incredible job, uh, not only breaking down quarterbacks and players, but then he, he actually, you look at his breakdowns that he tweets out, puts down the games that he watched, and the strengths, the weaknesses, the overall. Um, all right, Greg, we're, 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 we're getting close to our, our personal Christmas, right? NFL Draft Day. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it's as simple as, well, who's the best prospect? Because I do think that playing outside in Cleveland and the fact that whoever you draft is going to sit behind Tyrod Taylor, I think there are some other aspects to it. You think uh, so, huh? You think that they're going to sit behind Tyrod Taylor? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't you? I mean, isn't that? I mean, John Dorsey just did this in Kansas City. He brings in Tyrod Taylor. That's the guy until probably, ne- hopefully next year, if Tyrod gets hurt or mid to late season. I mean, heck, they tried to put in Peterman. And five interceptions later, Tyrod Taylor was back. Why, you don't, you don't think Tyrod Taylor's the starter? I think that he's the starter right now, just as Chad Henney was the starter on draft day when the Jaguars drafted Blake Bortles, and just as Mike Lennon was the starter on draft day when the Bears drafted Mitchell Trubisky. I think we'll see how it plays out. If you draft a quarterback number one in the draft, you're basically saying that you believe that this guy will be a special player, that he will be an all-pro and possibly a Hall of Fame-type player. Now, the days normally where quarterbacks sit, as Carson Palmer did in 2003, where he sat for an entire season, those days seem to be over in the NFL. So the Cleveland Browns have won one of their last 32 games. If they go 0-2 or 0-3, I would have to believe that if they choose a quarterback at number one, that that quarterback will play. Hmm. And, uh, so if you were if you were the Cleveland Browns, based on all your evaluation, my investment portfolio is not quite as big as John Dorsey's. Doug, I understand. If you were if you were the <laughs> Cleveland Browns and you've evaluated all these guys, who should be the guy? Well, I can tell you that. I, I struggle with making lists like that, but here's what I would tell you. I would tell you that I think Josh Rosen is clearly the most refined, cleanest quarterback in this draft class. I would tell you that I really like Baker Mayfield. I would say that Sam Darnold is a tantalizing, exciting prospect who you're drafting based on what you think he will become, not based on his 2017 tape. I will say that uh, Josh Allen speaks as clearly as any quarterback I've seen in recent years to the difference between arm strength, which is phenomenal, versus arm talent, meaning pace, touch, precise ball location, which he needs a lot of work. So, you know, it's a hard question to answer. Who would I do? If someone said to me, who would you absolutely take you have to answer? Josh Rosen would be my guy. Um, how much of your eval goes into the person? How much of it is just the player that you, that you, that you watch play? Uh, it has absolutely nothing to do, and I say this honestly, with the, the, the people, because I don't know them. Right. I've met some of them, uh, but I wouldn't say I know them. So my analysis and my breakdowns come solely from tape study. Uh, I know the quarterback position. There's more that goes into it, although I will say this. All eventually is manifested in on-field performance. I know that leadership character, yes, that matters. But I don't believe quarterbacks make great throws in critical situations because they take their offensive linemen out to dinner. No, no, I, I, I agree. And look, I, it's, it's interesting. I watched the USC-UCLA game, and I know it's one of the games you broke down as well. You, yep. you, you watch the game, and you're like, there isn't anybody who watches football that doesn't think Rosen is more ready right now. But... All these guys that evaluate like Darnold better. Well, and- I wouldn't say all the guys. I mean, yeah, 
what we don't know is what teams think. So, you know, Darnold is an intriguing player because now we get into a really interesting subject, which I've talked about a lot. You get into the balance between pocket efficiency versus second reaction, extend the play, improvisation. 10, 15 years ago, we never even discussed that. Sure. Michael Vick was the total anomaly. People went, oh, my God, look at this guy. He can make plays, not being a quarterback, so to speak. But now the ability to extend plays, make second reaction plays, has seemingly become extremely important. I know last year I was told by a GM that's the reason they loved Pat Mahomes, because of his extend the playability. Rosen is not that guy. Darnold is. Rosen is far more efficient in the pocket. I don't think that's even close. Darnold is way better outside of structure. So it's where do you fall on the balance between the two, and can you teach a player like Darnold to be efficient in the pocket? You're not likely to make Rosen a great outside of structure player. It's a great point. Greg, Greg Cosell joining us from NFL Films. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. You haven't mentioned the name Lamar Jackson, and you talk about extending a play. Like it's he's he's Mike Vick, right? I mean, he's a little bit bigger yep. and a little bit thinner. Uh, version of Mike Vick, and but he he kind of snaps the ball the way that Mike Vick does. But he also has an inability to be accurate, and just there's just times when she back there just wildly inaccurate. You talked in your breakdown, I read it about some of the footwork issues he has. How fixable are his accuracy issues? Well, normally anything below the waist is considered fixable, whether it practically happens that remains to be seen you can't change the way in my experience anyway you can't change the way guys throw but you can change below the waist so is it fixable yes but let's assume for a moment that it takes time and it's not that fixable so as you evaluate them one of the things you have to determine is the degree of inaccuracy that you're willing to accept relative to his high level explosive play dimension and believe me it's high level as we all know the one other thing I would say about Lamar, and, and this is both a positive and a negative, in the NFL it will become a negative. He is a very competitive finisher of runs, mm-hmm. and, and that will have to change because I don't know if you've ever seen him in person, but he's not a big guy. He's, he's kind of sinewy, he's thin, and he's muscular, but he's not a big guy. Uh, uh, no, he's, he's, he's thin. He looks, uh, he looks like, honestly, he looks more like a wide receiver than he does look, looking like kind of looks like a basketball player. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sinewy athlete, a crazy, crazy freak athlete. Um, okay, yep. you mentioned how much you like Baker. I've talked to two GMs. They're like, dude, off the chart football IQ. He is very, very accurate, but he's also small. He doesn't. People want him to be Russell Wilson, but he doesn't appear to have he's the arms. He's not that guy. Right. He's actually. Let me tell you something that I did, which if you saw my write up, but for the audience may not have. So I went through as part of my study on him, all of his 15-plus yard completions, and there were maybe 125 of them, almost all of them came within the structure and timing and rhythm of the offense. He's not a runaround player. He's actually a pocket player. And I think that's another point I would make. The game is changing. The NFL pass game is changing. There's a lot more what we call quick game, three-step drops, quick five-step drops. There's a lot more backfield action, misdirection, deception elements, which define throws for the quarterback quicker and the ball gets out. So I don't think the height is as big an issue as it was years ago. Hmm. Um, okay, then then you get to Josh Allen, who, you know, people are, it's it's like the home run hitter that can hit it a mile, but, you know, how much does he strike out? The, the completion numbers, and you mentioned arm talent is different than arm strength. Yeah. Um, 
he's obviously a guy that's going to have to go somewhere and sit. He can't play that much right away. And I and I and I agree with your general premise. When you're drafted number one overall on a team that hasn't has won one game in the last two years, that guy at some point they're going to there going to be cries for him to play. So so what are your thoughts on on what what's the type of fit for Josh Allen? Like what's what's the type of place that if well, you were Josh Allen, I, you go like this is an investment that ultimately will pay off. The only thing I'd say about the completion percentage, and that's an easy thing for people to say, and I get it, uh, when you watch their tape, which I obviously do, he did not have as many easy throws as other quarterbacks. There were not a lot of screens. There were not a lot of easy throws that give you completion percentage. That doesn't mean I'm saying he's accurate. He he has some work to do in that regard. Um, Obviously, this guy is a freak show throwing a ball. He's everything you want, and he's got that second reaction ability. He makes some throws on the move that are just ridiculous. Um, So you look at him and you say, I want to coach this guy. Coaches will want to coach this kid because there's so much there. Um, When you talk about being ready, you can make the argument that no one's really ready, but I know what you're saying. So now it's one of the other issues with him is is the anticipation element. He's not an anticipator. Now, guys with big arms at times can still get away with that, even in the NFL, because they can drive the ball through tighter windows because of the arm strength. But he's not an anticipator. Greg Cosell joining us on on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, And then, you know, you want to not miss somebody. Is Mason Rudolph, can he be a starting quarterback in the NFL? I saw him a lot. I, I was struck by the fact he does for a big guy, he has small hands, and he never played well in bad weather. Um, is Mason Rudolph, because he's one of those guys that's a second-day probably guy, but it's a quarterback needy league, what's yeah. his value? Well, I struggled with him, and I don't mean I struggled with him in a negative way. I kept going back and forth on what I thought of him, and I kept watching more and more and more. I think my ultimate takeaway, Doug, is he has the look to me of a seven-on-seven quarterback who really looks the part in clean pockets. While he's not a statue, I don't think he has very good feet. I think he's going to have to be a pocket player. So the question is, if that's the case, does he have the high enough level skill set? And my ultimate conclusion was I wasn't sure that he did. I think he's mechanical. I think he's a little robotic. I don't think he's a high-level passer of the football. Um, can he develop into a starting NFL quarterback? I wouldn't say no. Um, you know, can he be Matt Ryan down the road? Can he be Kirk Cousins? Or is he closer to Bryce Petty? Uh, you know, obviously, I don't get paid enough to have, make these decisions, but I think that these are the kinds of things I was thinking about watching Mason Rudolph. Great stuff. Great stuff, Greg. Greg, I know you work your tail off. It's one thing to, to, to break guys down. It's another thing to actually do the work and, and do the due diligence. You do an excellent job. I can't tell you how much I appreciate I know you've got a bunch of these things to do. Thanks for joining us. Doug, I really appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. Greg Crosell from NFL Films joining us. Let's get you to Dan Byer. All right, what you, would you think of, of Cosell's? Are you, you're, like, you're like me. We love watching football, being quasi-analysts, breaking stuff down. Any total disagreements you have? I would rather be positive and say I love the, uh, the Josh Rosen talk. In the, I, I'm a big Josh Rosen fan. And the was the Russell Wilson not or Baker Mayfield is not Russell Wilson yes. comparisons. Yes. I agree with that as well. Yeah, look the 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 Rosen thing. He, and, and look, and Greg said he doesn't evaluate the person, and he also he also doesn't evaluate the medicals. I've been told from a lot of people the medicals are not great on on Rosen, and and he doesn't move all that great. But um, if you watch the USC UCLA game, even though I like Darnold better. 
a blind man like, oh, that Rosen, he's much more yeah. ready to play. Like yeah. he looks like an NFL quarterback back then. Yeah, absolutely. That's I've I've liked Rosen um, above all of the others, but. As you said, there's a lot more to the story. We're finding a lot more to the story as well involving Cowboys defensive lineman David Irving. Told you earlier today that Frisco, Texas police confirmed they're investigating allegations against Irving, including possible charges of assault causing bodily injury and unlawful restraint. No arrests have been made, but the allegations came allegedly from his girlfriend. And, Doug, there are two separate pieces. Number one, she reportedly called police on two occasions yesterday. One at about 5 o'clock local time in Texas, another at about 10.30. Then there was this morning, there were posts made on Irving's social media accounts on Twitter where that he claimed that he was hacked by his girlfriend who claimed that Irving failed drug tests, that he had been physically abusive and cut her hair. So there's kind of two different things here. Cut her hair? Yes. That's what the um, allegations were made in the hacking on Twitter. But they're also the police. They're also looking into the two calls that were made to the police on Sunday. Matt, look, I, and, and I and here's just so you know, I know there will be people that come up and like, look, he was kicked out of Iowa State. He was kicked out of Iowa State, I believe. For there's a there's a big party weekend there, and he's actually explained it to me on air in the past. And he was like, it just it was one of those deals to which it felt more wrong place, wrong time. It was an abusive woman. At Iowa State. So, you know, look, nobody, I, I'm not just a father of two little girls and the husband, but also just a human being. Nobody wants to see any woman abused. Let's take a breath. And a lot like John Lynch said about Reuben Foster, if it's true, then there will be major ramifications. That is correct, yes. And John Lynch making those comments today to reporters ahead of the draft coming up on Thursday. How about some hoops news quickly? The Celtics say guard Marcus Smart is questionable for tomorrow's Game 5 against Milwaukee. He's been out since mid-March with a torn tendon in his thumb. There had been some hope that he'd be able to play Game 6. Now it could come as soon as tomorrow. Tomorrow, Torrey Messina will coach the Spurs again against Golden State in place of Greg Popovich, who remains out following the death of his wife. Rockets and Timberwolves tonight, 8 Eastern, Thunder and Jazz, 10.30 Eastern time. The New York Post says Hawks head coach Mike Budenholzer wants the New York Knicks job. Budenholzer has two years left on his deal with the Hawks, but also interviewed with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I've had we've I've had a couple of bad tweets from people earlier today. One is uh, from Microwave at uh, Kunkel Sean. Well, what are you talking about? People look at different jobs all the time while having a job. It happens all over. Not this way in basketball, right? Like he was the general manager and the coach. They took away the general manager title from him, I believe, before the year. And uh, and he's the coach. They're coming off a season which they tanked, and now he interviews for the Suns' job while on the job. And it's the fact that it was kind of publicized, and then he openly opining for the Knicks' job. Well, you, you, that's just not. You don't do that, do I? Yes, there is the old adage: the best time to look for a job is when you have a job. But in NBA coaching, take, picking up the Suns' gig when you're already at the bottom, and you pick up the Suns' gig, or the uh, that does not. It's not like you're going from coaching a mid-major to coaching in a high major. It's not like you're going that just it's just not done. Not done. Especially when there's only 30 of these jobs. Only 30. Uh another bad tweet. We got some bad tweets here today, guys. From uh the Mason Mauler in Mason, Ohio. What makes Rosen look the part any more than Lamar Jackson? Is that some white guy stereotype? 
What exactly does that mean? Why would you use Clay Travis for anything referring to sports? Clay Travis is a bigoted racist. Uh, well, first of all, I hate to be that guy, but bigoted racist is redundant. Yes, I just, right? Um, secondly, uh, I'm not going to comment on whether or not Clay is a bigoted racist. Yes, I will. I don't think he's a bigoted racist. Uh, do I do I agree with everything Clay Travis says and all his opinions on sports and non-sports? No, absolutely not. Nor is he. And do I think that he's a savant in terms of sports? No. But Clay Travis is a lawyer who has a sports show and a highly successful website who sees what I see in Josh Rosen. Like, look, I wouldn't drop, draft Josh Rosen. Wouldn't. That wasn't the statement made by Cosell, and that wasn't the statement made by Clay Travis. Clay Travis said, look, I don't know about all the rest of these guys, but when I see him, he looks like an NFL quarterback. I don't know his ceiling. I don't really know his floor. I just know he looks like a guy who could play quarterback in the NFL. And that I agree with. My problem with Rosen is, one, durability. That's a major issue. Two, nobody seems to like him. And it's at a position that, like, leadership you do have to like the guy. And you have you'll have a lot of NFL players like, nah, man, don't like not like everybody. Like, yeah. Quarterback, you gotta be willing to, to run through fire for me. And I've talked to enough people that know at his high school and his college. And like Jim Moore, of course, he backpedaled and he talked, well, he's the guy I would take. I just, you know, he's a little different. Every we're, everyone talks in code about Rosen. He's really smart, but he thinks he knows everything. He's really good, but he thinks he, he thinks he's he he's good and he knows it. He's a nine or a ten who's been told he's a nine or a ten. I prefer the nine who thinks she's a six or a seven. And why not Lamar Jackson? Watch them play. Just watch him play. What looks like an NFL quarterback and what looks like a guy who's a crazy athlete with a good arm who still has a lot of refining to do. I mean, just watch him play. It's not coded racism. I I I know that we're like woke America is like, yo, man, we're only asking these questions about Lamar Jackson. Like, no, you're not. We ask these like, we're asking personality questions about Josh Rosen, turnover questions about all of these guys about different parts of their lives. Dude, Jameis Winston had a rape charge against him in college and was the number one pick in the draft, wasn't he? Cam Newton stole laptops in Florida. He was the number one pick in the draft. Like, look, and Lamar Jackson's done nothing wrong off the football field, nothing. But he did get 11 under Wonderlick. He did, by the people I talked to that were in the room, struggle at the whiteboard, and he is inaccurate. And I've watched him play, and I like him. He's a freak athlete. But, dude, it's really, really hard for me to buy into it. Like, it's just hard for me to buy into running quarterbacks. They all get hurt, whether they're white or they're black. Like, the only guy who hasn't gotten hurt is Russell Wilson. And that's because Russell Wilson, he runs around a lot out back there. But out of the pocket, he's running then looking to slide. He runs looking to throw. Are we seeing some trouble in Cleveland? I'll tell you next. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, don't got a lot of time, so let's uh, get after it. The Press. The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained for more than 
90 years of experience. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Dan Byer, what do you got? Byer. Not some good news to start off. White Sox pitcher Danny Farquhar will remain hospitalized for the next three weeks following his brain hemorrhage suffered Friday night. But the USA Today says that Farquhar remains in stable condition following that surgery for the brain aneurysm on Saturday. Scary. Really stable condition. Scary situation. Mm-hmm. For the third straight season, Doug, the Golden State Warriors posted the highest local TV ratings in the NBA. Cavs were second with the Thunder third. In fact, local ratings across the board were up 3% from last year. Yay. Yeah, they love their fans so much they're going to move to San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) You guys want to guess who are the worst local ratings in the NBA? Atlanta. Close. Charlotte. No. Orlando Magic. Uh, Close. The Nets. Then the Magic. I was actually, I was thinking about that. Uh, because ratings, aren't they a percentage? Ratings are a percentage, and it is so many people. Yep. Um, what's crazy about it is they actually have a great local broadcast. Ian Eagle calls the games. He's awesome. You know, Eagle does the Nets, and Breen does the Knicks. The local broadcasts in New York are phenomenal, but, yeah, nobody cares about the Nets. Yeah, right. Ma- Magic second worst, Hawks third worst. Uh, did you hear about this? KGO TV sports okay. anchor Mike Schumann was sent home from covering the Warriors' playoff series in San Antonio after allegedly stealing the jacket of the team's director of security. Yeah, video surfaced where it appears Schumann takes the jacket while leaving AT&T Center. The Athletic says Warrior players now refusing to do interviews with the station with some feeling Schumann got preferential treatment because he's white. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Stole his jacket? Yes. Personal file. Was it a good job? I don't know. I thought maybe it was like a Warriors, you know, like a Nike one, but it may have been a sport coat for all I know. Yeah, but like you just like put on a jacket, like you just like you just you just grab it, walk it out there, like oh man, my sorry, my bad, not it wasn't my jacket. He I'm jacked it. it. That's for sure. Yeah. Yes. Stolen. Uh, Zach Jackson of the Athletic reports. Browns GM John Dorsey won't tell head coach Hugh Jackson what quarterback he is drafting. Until Wednesday night, so he doesn't trust Hugh Jackson. That, right. That's that's how I'm reading it yes. as well. You're like, well, yeah. uh, well, right. Hugh Jackson's a huge leak. He's got a problem with leaking stuff out. So that's what it feels like to me. Right. I don't know. Shouldn't they be working together on this thing? Yeah, you'd think. Yes, Hugh well, Jackson, dead man walking, dead man well, walking. <laughs> uh, Ryan Pace didn't tell John Fox they were taking Trubisky until after they took Trubisky. Okay. I think last year. Um, speaking of the Bears. Devin Hester and Matt Forte signed their one-day contracts with the team today. Uh, I know you love that, Doug. Uh, one they dumbest reti- thing ever. They one? retired as Bears, and Hester said he thinks he has a shot at the Hall of Fame yeah. when asked if he yeah. thinks he's going to camp. Has a shot, he feels. Oh, no, wow. chance. no chance. No chance. The reason that other guys aren't as good at kick returners is they evolve into better football players. Mm. He couldn't. He was a bad wide receiver. He wasn't. He couldn't play defensive back. Like He was a one-trick pony. He was great at that one trick. I, I just don't see it. The one thing that will help him is how much you know, like kick returns may go away, right? I don't know if punt returns end up going away as well. So the records that he set, all the numbers, the things that he did, it may it may never be met. And finally, Doug, it's official. Gronkowski, the horse, has been ruled out of the Kentucky Derby because of an infection. In a shocker, Gronk is hurt. Sounds like, well, Gronk. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. The only thing less shocking would be if Gronk, the football player, rode Gronk the horse in 
to like a WWE <laughs> event, right? Oh, that would oh. just fit. Or Gronk the horse is like partying hard, like in Louisville, like seen in the barn, chugging some beer and running and running around chasing after some filly. I'll do that. The the week of the Kentucky Derby. Remember that? Remember when uh, Gronk had the ankle problem in one of the pre- pre- previous Super Bowls, and then afterwards the post game party, he was dancing around his bad wheel. Kareem joins us tomorrow. We'll ask him if Joel Embiid is, well, the next Kareem. Jordan Palmer joins us tomorrow. He works with a couple of the best quarterbacks. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.